BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Football Full Circle with Joe Lisi and Ben Stevens. It's a Football Friday, live right here on Sports Grid Radio and Football Full Circle. He is the mastermind of the pigskin. That's Joe Lisi. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here as we end out this week on a Football Friday on FFC. Lisi Guy, we set the stage for the Week 10 Sunday slate, the second half of this 2023 National Football League regular season, now already underway after Thursday night in Chicago. The ugly game we pretty much expected between the Bears and the Panthers. But Lisi, as we get rolling here, a huge day as we get ready for the second Saturday in November for this 2023 college football season in week number 11. Joe, the marquee matchup is in that noon Eastern time window on a Saturday tomorrow in Happy Valley. It's a top 10 tilt, 10th ranked Penn State, third ranked Michigan. And Joe, based on reports from this morning, there is a potential Jim Harbaugh is not on the sideline for the Mays and blue. Yeah, rumors are starting to swirl that Harbaugh might not be coaching for three potential games. And then those are the two biggest games in terms of Michigan's schedule right now. Penn State this weekend, tomorrow, and then the matchup in terms of the big house later in the year against their arch rival, Ohio State. And now I heard his attorney and I saw you tweet out that there's no way Jim Harbaugh is not going to be on that plane headed to Happy Valley. So we have a little drama. Line open up at five and a half. It's down to four and a half in most shops. This is the stiffest test that that Michigan defense will get no in terms of a physical offensive line, the rushing attack of Katron, Allen, and Nick Singleton. This is what it's all about, baby. This is an opportunity for James Franklin and Penn State to step up, erase the loss to Ohio State earlier in the year, and potentially put themselves in a Big Ten championship driver's seat should they knock off Michigan this coming weekend. So well said, Joe Lisi. Penn State and James Franklin. He has been the head coach in Happy Valley since the start of 2014. He is a combined 4-15 against Michigan and Ohio State. 3-16 against AP Top 10 foes. 1-11 against the AP Top 5. Michigan obviously fits the bill for all three of those categories. Let's bring in our Sirius XM audience here. Channel 159 is the home for Sports Grid Radio. It's a football Friday on 
on FFC. He's Joe Lisi. I am Ben Stevens. Joe, the game alone, a top 10 tilt between 10th ranked Penn State hosting third ranked Michigan, both teams in the hunt for a Big Ten championship with two of the three best scoring defenses we have seen in college football this year. Joe, just based on the X's and O's and the matchups we are going to see inside Beaver Stadium on Saturday afternoon, it would already be the marquee game on the slate for week number 11. But given everything that has happened off the field in the past two and a half weeks, it's been the main conversation in college football, really all the sports landscape, Joe, the sign-stealing scandal in Ann Arbor. And Joe, this week has been the week where the rubber meets the road. Not the debate on if Michigan broke the rules or how exactly did they violate NCAA bylaws or what did Connor Stallions do or not do? How does Michigan proceed from here? Did it have an impact on the outcomes? What is the severity of sign stealing? So on and so forth. This week, Joe, has been one of discipline. Earlier in the week, the Big Ten League office handed Michigan a notice of potential punishment, giving the Wolverines until Wednesday evening to respond. Michigan did a lengthy 10-page note back to Tony Petiti, the Big Ten commissioner and the league office in Rosemont, Illinois, virtually saying, Joe, not outright denying any wrongdoing, but virtually saying, you better be careful. You better respect due process, because if you set a precedent outside of the Big Ten sportsmanship policy, you are wading into the dark waters of sign stealing around college football. And Joe, that has led to this Friday as Penn State and Michigan are about 24 hours away from facing off. And Joe, the Wolverines are probably about an hour away from taking off, shortly away from Ann Arbor, from Detroit, and going to State College, Pennsylvania. And Joe, there are reports by ESPN's Heather Dinich, who is very tapped in here, that came out earlier today and say the Big Ten might hand down a punishment as severe as a three-game suspension for Michigan's head coach Jim Harbaugh that could start, Joe, as quickly as tomorrow. Now, she did reply with the caveat, Joe, that there has been a wide range of options discussed by the conference office in Rosemont for the Big Ten, from as minimal as a public reprimand to all the way to an indefinite suspension of Harbaugh as the head man at the helm of this Michigan football program. But the suspension is very much on the table on this Friday. So, Joe, let's forecast a little bit. Do you think Jim Harbaugh will be the head coach on the sideline tomorrow for Michigan? against Penn State. I still think he will be. Somehow, some way, his attorney will get involved. They'll, they'll write a letter or an appeal uh, to anything that's handed down. They'll get a stay that at least allows him to be on the sidelines this coming weekend. This would be really late and would affect the team to some sort of capacity. Now, I mean, the mindset, knowing that your head coach is there with you in terms of the plane, and then you're going to pull him off the sidelines in terms of the 25th hour, this is really giving an edge to Penn State in terms of that type of perspective because then the, the, the coaching staff has to scramble in terms of who's going to call the plays, who's going to take certain responsibilities, and, the, and that's where the team can be affected. So I don't think they do. I know the rumors are there, but if, yep. if you're asking me right now where we're about, what, 12 hours, 24 hours away, I think he's on the sidelines come tomorrow afternoon at noon. I think they'll do something potentially after that or he gets a stay, but he, he will be coaching against Penn State tomorrow afternoon, Ben. Completely agree, Joe. 
I always have said throughout this entire process, what Michigan has done is a violation of NCAA bylaws. You can offer other teams up that operate in sign stealing. But what Michigan has done and the evidence that has been supplied to the NCAA in its ongoing investigation is a violation of bylaws. Simply put, Joe, Michigan broke the rules. But even with that understanding, I never thought Jim Harbaugh would face a severe punishment or discipline like a multiple game suspension here in the tail half of Michigan's 2023 campaign. Because the Big Ten is no dummy, Joe. Money rules the world. And money in college football speaks many, many length. It's why we have conference realignment. It's why we have all of these changes coming our way in CFB in 2024. The Big Ten is fully aware, Joe, that sign stealing or not, Michigan is their best option to play in the college football playoff. Currently, the Wolverines are the favorites to win the national title. They're an odds-on favorite to win the Big Ten at this moment at a minus 125 price. Joe, they are the Big Ten's best shot and potentially one of multiple spots for the Big Ten to find their way back into a college football playoff and all the millions of dollars that are associated with it. If they try to make Michigan potentially postseason ineligible, or hurt Michigan by suspending Jim Harbaugh at this moment, serving as a distraction and a competitive disadvantage as Michigan gets, gets ready for its final three games of the year where it finally is playing some good football teams, then that might keep Michigan out of its third consecutive Big Ten championship game and maybe on top of that, Joe, a spot in the CFP. We'll talk about the actual game up next, live right here on Football Full Circle. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. 
You're listening to Football Full Circle with Joe Lisi and Ben Stevens. All right, now for the actual football, Joe, as we get ready for a monumental Saturday, the second one in the month of November. The saying in college football, Joe, is always you are remembered for what you do in November. Let's start with the actual game, Joe. Not the off-the-field issues or the atmosphere surrounding the battle of the Big Ten in Beaver Stadium, but the top 10 tilt between 10th ranked Penn State and third ranked Michigan. Joe, as you mentioned, the early look ahead line for this game was seven in favor of the Wolverines. It has come all the way down to four and a half. When the line opened back up on Sunday morning, Joe, it was six and a half on the FanDuel Sportsbook in favor of Michigan. I bet it they are taking the points with Penn State in what I expect to be a competitive football game. And Joe, as we have made well aware here on this show, we both have Penn, uh, Penn State tickets to win the Big Ten. I know I certainly do. My thought was always Penn State with the home field advantage in this matchup against Michigan would need to step up and win this one, something James Franklin has not done often. So, Joe, a four-and-a-half point spread in favor of the Wolverines, an over-under that stands at 45-and-a-half. What's your actual approach to the football we are going to see tomorrow inside Happy Valley? Well, I think when you look at it, it's got to be a lower scoring game for Penn State to win. Again, Michigan and J.J. McCarthy, to me, are the more consistent offense. And if J.J. does fall behind, he still has the ability, in my opinion, to come from behind in terms of a one-score game. We don't know about that with Drew Aller, right? They fell behind, converted 1 of 15 against Ohio State, totally inconsistent. And he looked like a deer in the headlights, very erratic, didn't know how to go in terms of the reads and progressions, and that's going to be a cause of concern for Penn State in this ball game. But they are at home. They've only lost eight home games since 2016 under James Franklin, so they are a dominant home team as opposed to, a, I want to say, an up-and-down road team for the Nittany Lions. It comes down to the defense. Can they force turnovers, and can Nick Singleton and Catron Allen go and, up, go and run on that front seven that has only given up, what, less than three yards per rush and less well under 100 rushing yards per game. That will be the M.O. if Penn State's going to be within this number. I got to buy into that because they are at home. I think they will be have a, an opportunity to potentially start fast and put some pressure on J.J. McCarthy. But I'll say this. If they do fall behind early, it could be lights out for Penn State because of Drew Aller and the inconsistency right now in terms of the passing attack, Ben. Joe, you made this point yesterday. I completely agree, and I think that is correlated with more aggressive play calling out of Kurt Scirocco and Penn State's offensive scheme tomorrow. They don't need to just chuck it down the field for the sake of doing so, but they must get out to a good pace tomorrow against Michigan. If you play from the trailing position against the Maize and Blue, you're going to have an incredibly difficult time. Slim the nod and Slim just walked out the door of a chance of beating the Wolverines outright. It is how good Good Michigan's defense is the best scoring unit in the country, allowing less than a touchdown on average. Now, Penn State's not far behind, Joe. The third best scoring defense in all of CFB, but it is crucial for Penn State to get out to a good start, not playing from behind even early in the football game against Michigan. I correlate that, Joe, to Drew Aller's passing yards prop tomorrow, 187 and a half. Michigan has yet to allow a quarterback to throw for 200 yards against them. The closest to that 
number? Heinrich Harburg of Nebraska. He threw for 199. You could ask the Cornhuskers how that game went. They lost by 38, playing from that trailing position each and every second virtually in that matchup in Lincoln. So, Joe, as I look at this game, it's a big opportunity for Drew Aller, who has left a lot to be desired so far at the quarterback position as he was the up-and-comer to take over that role for this Nittany Lions offense. And then outside of that, Joe, it will be this Penn State defense controlling the rushing attack of Michigan. Because last year, Lisey Guy, we know what Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards put up. That team combined for 55 rush attempts and 418 total yards in Ann Arbor against Penn State. Yeah, again, I mean, it really comes down to, you know, can the defense come and buckle up? You can't give up. You can't even give up 180 yards in this game, I, yeah. I don't think, if you're Penn State and win this matchup against J.J. McCarthy. I really don't believe that. They need a dominant effort. They need to hold Michigan to like a buck 25, force the game onto McCarthy in terms of long third downs. That's where they have an added benefit. They're holding opposing offenses heading into this game right in the area of about 27%. That's one of the tops in all of college football. If they yeah. can do that, they'll be there. But again, how good and how dominant is the rushing attack going to be? Because if they can stay in manageable third-down situations for Aller, then they have the ability to move the chains, get into that lower type of game that I think will benefit their type of style right now. Well, Penn State yeah. has not played in a shootout where Aller's throwing it 40 times and they're going score for score. If that's the type of game that we have tomorrow mm -hmm. afternoon, it's Michigan all the way because of how McCarthy's played. You have more confidence in J.J. McCarthy with that style than you do yeah. Drew Aller, where it's the first time we'll be seeing it all season. So, it, they again, it might sound like a perfect game plan. It is. Run the football, shorten the game, and then get it to the fourth quarter where you had it a couple of years ago. The 17-14, they had the lead before that breakdown in terms of that defensive staff, right? Brent Pry plays man-to-man -man with four minutes left, and they, they burn him with the touchdown to the tight end. Can't do it. Yeah, absolutely not. James Franklin looking for this opportunity to win only his fifth game in 20 tries against Michigan or Ohio State. That's what it will take for the Nittany Lions to win a Big Ten title and have a shot at that Big Ten East divisional crown. Joe, four top 20 tilts on this second Saturday in November. We go from the early window at noon to prime time between the hedges in Sanford Stadium. It's number two, Georgia. It's number nine, Ole Miss. The Bulldogs, a 10 and a half point favorite the over under 58 and a half Lisa guy what's your breakdown well, again, it's going to be Georgia continuing to run the football the way they did in the second half against Missouri. But if you're Jackson Dart, you're Ole Miss, you need a dominant effort. He can, he cannot play erratic the way he did against Alabama. He needs to step up, and I'm talking passing the football. 250, 275, score first, put the pressure on Carson Beck. That's what Missouri was able to do, and guess what? They were within the 13.5-point number Saturday afternoon in Athens. If Ole Miss falls behind, Georgia's going to pin their ears back, take away Junkins, and then the game falls on Dort, and he has failed to step up in big spots as well. So push tempo if you're Ole Miss, but they need a dominant effort out of Jackson Dort in the passing game. Georgia's rushing defense has struggled a little bit this year, Joe. Cody... <clears throat> 
excuse me, Cody Trader ran for more than 100 yards last week for Missouri against the Bulldogs. Georgia's given up about a buck 20 per game on the ground. Quinshawn Judkins, Joe, his rushing yards prop earlier this week was 62 and a half. It is skyrocketed by 15 yards. It is 77 and a half, which is much more sustainable for what Judkins has done in the last four games over this number in four of the last five, at least 102 yards on the ground in those four and the only time he was under this number 65 yards a few weeks ago in a weird game where we saw a lot of Ulysses Bentley as well for Ole Miss all right Joe as we keep it moving here around the SEC a top 20 tilt in Columbia between Missouri and Tennessee as we get ready for this top 20 game Joe if Tennessee wins and they beat Georgia next week and Georgia loses to Ole Miss before they head to Rocky Top next week with those two wins Tennessee could win the SEC East. There is still hope to play for, Joe, despite the fact both of these teams have two conference losses. Listen, it's a long shot scenario, but Tennessee has an opportunity to control its own destiny. The Vols, a slight money line favorite in Missouri. Quickly here, Joe, who wins the game? I think it's Tennessee. The last two, they've won by an average margin of victory, 40 points per game. The rushing attack is the difference. I don't know if Missouri could stop it, Ben. Missouri has had issue, Joe, slowing down rushing attacks, and that's what Tennessee does. One of the few teams within the Power 5 level of college football that rushes for more yards than they pass this time around. Now to the NFL, up next here on Football Full Circle. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Football Full Circle with Joe Lisi and Ben Stevens. 
Live right here on FFC. Now we turn our attention from college football, Joe, to the NFL. The second half of the season now officially underway. Week number 10 kicked off last night on a Thursday in Chicago. Joe, we talked about how it was more than likely going to be an ugly game, and that's what we saw. The Bears beat the Panthers 16-13, to a push if you got the number at three. I know it worked late to three and a half in some spots in Chicago's favor, but the consensus closing number was three. More importantly, Joe, it was the 30th NFL primetime game of the year. The total was 38 and a half for that over-under and for the 23rd time. In the 30 NFL primetime games we have seen in 2023, that's either a Thursday, Sunday night, a Monday night, the game falls under 16-13 the final last night Joe between the Bears and the Panthers 12 combined punts five field goals only one offensive touchdown it was Deontay Foreman against his former side the Carolina Panthers Chicago gets their third win of the year Carolina Joe still stuck on one yeah, I mean, it was an ugly game to watch, and I watched about three quarters, listened to the final quarter on the way home, and it was just totally just an inconsistent, no game flow. Both offenses struggled, but you have to credit Tyson Bajan, right? He stepped up yet again, put his team in a position to win that ball game, made some nice throws, and the Chicago Bears defense held Carolina to like 213 total yards. I mean, Bryce Young didn't have 100 yards passing until to like the fourth quarter, which is amazing when you think about it. He hit a, a 45-yard pass in the first quarter of that ballgame. So, again, it wasn't pretty. Chicago deserved to win and a questionable play call at the end. It's fourth I and mean, ten. I mean, th that would have tied if he were, if Panero would have hit that field goal. Would have tied the Soldier Field record in terms of the longest field goal in that stadium. You don't put the ball ball game into Bryce Young, your your quarterback supposedly of the future. On a fourth and ten, just terrible all around by Frank Reich and the Carolina Panthers. I mean, Joe, right there, it was third and ten. You're in Chicago territory. You get the football, even a, pick up a couple of yards. You can make it a 52-yarder, a 53-yarder. Bryce Young almost throws a pick, almost intercepted by Jack Sanborn on a linebacker he never saw drop back into coverage for the Bears, and then they decide to trot out the field goal team for a 59-yarder in the city known as the Windy City on a cold and blustery night at Soldier Field. It was asinine decision-making by Frank Reich, who burned a timeout because the play clock was going down earlier in the fourth. Joe, I think it's time to have a small conversation about Bryce Young before we transition to the rest of this Week 10 Sunday slate. Bryce Young last night, 185 yards, well below his passing yards prop of 215 and a half. The Bears, the fifth worst passing defense in the NFL, entering last night as well. Maybe a chance for Bryce Young to take advantage. He does not. Now, I don't think it's all squarely on Bryce Young. The talent around him obviously is not great. The offensive line looks shaky at best. But, Joe, for all that they gave up, and the reason last night's game was so interesting because these two teams tied to each other, it was Chicago who had the worst record last year. They trade the first overall pick to Carolina. The Panthers used that to get Bryce Young, but they trade back D.J. Moore, who was the leading receiver last night to Chicago, burning his old team and their 2024 first-round selection, among many others. And, Joe, 
Joe, there's a chance now that Carolina, who enters this Sunday slate right alongside the Cardinals for the worst record in the National Football League at 1-8, and eight, there's a chance the Bears are going to have two of the top five picks in this upcoming April's 2024 NFL Draft. Joe, knowing all of that, do you think at this point it's been worth it for all they gave up to get Bryce Young? Well, again, I mean, only time will tell. I hate to put a, an assessment on le less than a year, but again, I didn't think Frank Reich was the right guy to, to even lead the Carolina Panthers. Thought they should have given the opportunity to Steve Wilkes, at least given him a shot, but, you know, they're not even, again, you know, when you look at Bryce Young, you look at C.J. Stroud, completely different quarterbacks right now because Stroud is confident, Stroud is playing in a similar scheme that he played with in, in terms of Ohio State, and the play calling for Carolina is absolutely atrocious. Completely one-dimensional and you mentioned, I mean, when Adam Thielen is your number one target and number one guy, I mean, he's basically a number two in, in most clubs, right? He's not a pure number one, so it keeps going back. You want an assessment on Bryce Young, put some weapons around him. He has made poor decisions, hasn't looked as confident as he did in his days in Alabama, but I think it is twofold. I think it's a little on Bryce Young, and I think it's more on Frank Reich and the coaching staff trying to get him up to speed and get him and calling a game plan around his strengths, Ben. That's the problem that he's really struggling with with every time he throws the football it's a predictable situation for the most part yeah absolutely so Joe and those will be the questions that Carolina has to evaluate and that will be the pressure Bryce Young faces as the first overall selection I don't think it's a surprise to anybody in that organization in Charlotte the rest of the way all right Joe let's set the stage for the week 10 National Football League regular season Sunday slate and we'll go in order it starts early once again Joe in Frankfurt but if last week the game between the Dolphins and the Chiefs was a marquee this one is off Broadway Patriots and Colts in Frankfurt, the over-under 43.5. The Colts a slight favorite in Germany, laying a point and a half, minus 126 on the money line. Joe, how do you see it playing out? Yeah, this one is is interesting because I have mixed feelings on this in in regards yeah. to the ball game. I mean, I don't buy into any team right now uh, in, in terms of offensive consistency, but I have to go with the Colts. I, again, I'm not sold on where Bilicek is and where this team is. Mac Jones has an opportunity to pull that ball game out last week, the critical interception. I will say, for all these games that are overseas, this one is, is pretty high from the total aspect. 43 and a half for both of these offenses. Gardner Minshew threw for 123 yards last week in, in that loss. So, I would lean to the Colts, Ben. I don't love it, but I think the overs are play. Why is that total so high for both of these teams overseas? Well, I think it's because of the Colts and their issues defensively, Joe. Prior to last week in Carolina, the Colts had given up 37, 39, and 38 points in back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back weeks. And then last week, stifled Bryce Young, intercepted him three times, and took two of them back to the house. I'm just not sure, Joe, how New England puts up the points to see us get to the over of this total at 43 and a half. It's a new situation. It's a new setting. It's a weird scenario out in Frankfurt. I don't love the game, Joe. I don't want to play it. I'm not going to play it. I'll probably be getting some beauty rest on Sunday and then waking up at 10 to watch you guys on Pro Football Today. If I was going to, though, I'd probably go under 43 and a half and probably lean to the side 
of the Colts. Joe, there is a couple of really great games on Sunday. The next game up in that early window is definitely that. San Francisco and Jacksonville in Duval. The Jags a three-point home underdog. The over-under 45-and-a-half. Joe, both of these teams should be rested fresh, ready to go off their bye week, but both entered Joe in very different ways. The 49ers had dropped three in a row on a losing skid, the likes we haven't seen in San Francisco in some time. Jacksonville, the hottest team in the NFL, Joe, entering their bye week, winners of five in a row. Who do you think comes out of the bye week in a stronger fashion? I think it's the home team, and I really feel strong about this game, and maybe I'm wrong, but I, I think Jacksonville wins it hands down. I think there's a lot of pressure on Brock Purdy. I think there's a lot of pressure on San Francisco to try and get out of this, you know, losing streak and funk, and people are just saying, ah, it's no big deal, but they've lost their identity, and more importantly, I think uh, Brock Purdy potentially maybe has a confidence issue here, and I know he's played well, but the pressure is on for him to lead this team not only to a division title but an NFC championship game so do they press a little bit too much because now they're expected to beat a team that you just mentioned has won five straight Jacksonville is running the football they're opportunistic on defense the the interior line play for the Jaguars I believe is playing much better than San Francisco at this point in the season and teams struggle typically when they go to Duval County as you know I'm taking the home dog I think they win it outright, Penn. Joe, there is no great reason for me to back up what I'm going to say, except just paying attention to the betting odds. This feels like such a strong San Francisco line that I'm going to lay the three with the Niners, knowing that at worst, if San Francisco wins the football game, more than likely by just a field goal, if it is close and competitive, I can push and not lose if it was to get to three and a half in favor of the 49ers. Joe, I think the bye week will be huge for San Francisco for a variety of reasons but not even Brock Purdy getting Debo Samuel back and having better protection with Trent Williams returning to the lineup as well. Defensively figuring things some things out and adding Chase Young to the equation. I think San Francisco stops the skid at three games and wins and covers by margin. I expect it to only be a single score game Joe, but that's just how I see it playing out here for the Jacksonville Jaguars who are a 6-2 and two football team Joe straight up and against the spread. They have won and covered in every win this year. Lisey, let's just say this quickly. This might be the game that leads to the most reactions on Monday morning. If San Francisco loses, not only do we really start to question if the 49ers will be there at the end of the road, which feels like a guarantee at this point, despite the struggles, but what that means for Jacksonville, not just being the champions of a weak AFC South, but really making a run, Joe, at the conference in the AFC. Yeah, I mean, Jacksonville plus plus 950 to win the AFC. They would significantly jump. Uh, but I think both Cincinnati and Buffalo, should they dominate against San Francisco? So we'll see how it plays out. A huge game on Sunday in Duval, and there are plenty more to break down as we come back on Football Full Circle on the other side of the break, live right here on FFC. Picks, plays, and breakdowns for Week 10 Sunday Slate next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. You're listening to Football Full Circle with Joe Lisi and Ben Stevens. We're live right here on Football Full Circle. It is FFC. He is Joe Lisi. I am Ben Stevens. Lisi Guy, we run through the Week 10 Sunday slate picks, plays, breakdowns, previews, all of that. Live right here on Football Full Circle. Next game up, Joe. New Orleans in Minnesota. Both the Saints and the Vikings are above 500 right now. Five and four. The Saints in first in the NFC South. The Vikes have won four straight. Five of their last six, even heroically last week, Joe, with Joshua Dobbs taking over for the injured Jaron Hall, who was stepping in as the rookie, making his first start for Kirk Cousins, who was on the sidelines the remainder of this season. A three-point spread now, Joe, in favor of the Saints. The over-under 40 and a half. What do you like? I like Minnesota here. I'm actually riding with Josh Dobbs, and I like what Kevin O'Connell has done with this team, and I know Taysom Hill and New Orleans have stepped up. They beat down the Bears last week, forced turnovers, but again, I'm not sold on Dennis Allen on the road, number one, and I'm not sold on their offense in a big spot. I'd rather go with the home team. I know Dobbs just came off the street last week. Hopefully, the extra week will get them prepped, and I think they can actually run on New Orleans. New Orleans are very good run defense, but I think Madison and potentially uh, my guy Cam Akers could get some yards. I'm picking Minnesota in the mild upset. I think they're more momentum playing with house money at home. They get it done somehow, some way. Yeah, Joe, I'm leaning with you, man. I look at this Minnesota team, and it just strikes me as a game where Joshua Dobbs can keep this close. The Vikings in this four-game win streak, Joe, have been an underdog a few times, and they've won outright in a pick'em game a few weeks back and, of course, last week as the dog against the Atlanta Falcons. The defense is playing slightly better. I think this game stays under. I think the Vikings are going to be within a single score shot at it to cover as that full field goal 
gold dog at home in the Twin Cities. I also like the dog, Joe, in our next game up, the Titans. They wanted a half-point underdog on the road in Tampa Bay. Even money on that money line, plus 100 for Tennessee. The Buccaneers at minus 118. The over-under, 38.5. Of course, Joe, earlier this week, Will Levis named the permanent starting quarterback in Nashville. I think he finds some success against this Bucs side on Sunday. And Joe, under Mike Vrabel, that's all the confidence I need. Tennessee 29-19-1 ATS as an underdog with Vrabel as the head coach since the start of the 2018 season. That's now in a year number six. But more impressively, Joe, 26-23 and 23 straight up as the underdog. I think Tennessee makes it 27-23 and 23 after they lead Tampa on Sunday. Yeah, I like Tampa. Uh, it's back-to-back oh. row game. Yeah, I do. I, I do. I think Baker and, and this offense can move the football number one. And I think the defense with Todd Bowles can, can confuse Levis enough to force him into turnovers. The fact that it's basically a pick I think the Heat could be potentially an issue in this ball game. And I, I, I know Tampa Bay has no rushing attack. You know, Rashad White got going a little bit last week. But to me, it comes down to the more experienced quarterback Baker Mayfield and the above average defense that Tampa Bay has played a lot better this year than they have in years past in terms of their their letdown. Give me Tampa Bay. I, I like this is one of my better bets for the weekend. I like Tampa Bay laying the short number against the Titans. Yeah, listen. We can say it, Joe. I see it differently. You see it differently. I think Tennessee comes out with a victory. Not a lot of belief in this Buccaneers team that has lost four straight games, at least on my end. Joe, the other marquee matchup in that early 1 p.m. Eastern time window, a divisional duel in the AFC North. Baltimore hosts Cleveland. The Ravens nearly a touchdown favorite now, Joe, laying six and a half because this is a battle of two of the three best scoring defenses in the NFL. The total is small. Joe under 40 at 38 and a half Joe the line screams Baltimore can they win by margin they can, but I like Cleveland. I like the dog here. I think they win the ball game outright. Uh, and as long as Deshaun is 85% healthy, I think their defense is going to confuse Lamar. I think it's going to be a tight ball game. And I want those six and a half points in my back pocket. I think they strike the upset. I think their defense finds a way. And I understand Gardner Minshew abused them. They've been giving up some yards, but they're still statistically right in the area of about 174 per game. They shut down Arizona last week. I think Cleveland wins it outright. I really do. I think they, this is a step-up spot. Last time it was DTR. This time it's Deshaun outright against Baltimore on the road. Joe, it has to be Deshaun, in my estimation. The guy you paid a five-year, fully guaranteed $230 million contract to has a passing yards prop of 183.5. Now, there is not a better defense in the NFL than Baltimore. However, if you want to win these games, if you want to even stay competitive in these games, your $230 million quarterback that is fully guaranteed has to go over 183 and 
and a half. Joe, I don't really have a thought in this football game. Keep an eye on Gus Edwards, though. Plus 110 to find the end zone. He has scored in three straight games, five TDs in that three-game span for this Baltimore rushing attack. Joe, elsewhere in the AFC North, at least featuring one AFC North team, the Bengals host the Texans as a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Joe, this is my most intriguing game of the Sunday slate because Houston has been great. We have given all the accolades and the deserving praise to C.J. Stroud, D'Amico Ryans, and this Texans team that is an even 500-4-4. But this is a step-up in competition against Cincinnati, who has won four straight games. The Bengals nearly a touchdown favorite at home, Joe. What happens in Cincy on Sunday? I think Cincy wins. I think they cover. But, and I like the over, too. But I, it, it could be tight for a half. And the reason why I say that is because of C.J. Stroud and how he's dealing. 450 yards. Don't think he's not going to try and attack Cincinnati secondary. I don't know if Houston can run on them. Cincinnati's front seven. We talked about it in three straight games under 100 yards. That's why they're on this winning streak as well, along with the health of Joe Burrow. But for me, it's Cincy at home. They're opportunistic enough, maybe force a turnover late against C.J. Stroud. I think they cover it. I don't think they blow them out, but I think they cover it easy, six and a half, yeah. but I really like the over 47 as my main play in this ball game. Yeah, Joe, I think since he wins and covers as well. Again, I don't think it's a throttling by the Bengals against the Houston Texans, but there's two ways I'm looking at this game. I think it's a prime teaser spot, Joe, and that six-point teaser, taking six and a half down, making it a pick em. You get Cincinnati to win the football game outright. There you go. Also, Joe, keep an eye on Joe Burrow's passing yards prop in the low 270s, a number that he has been over here as of late, 283 yards in three of the last four 348 and two touchdowns against Buffalo secondary a weekend ago on Sunday night if the Bengals do win this game and win it comfortably and Joe goes over his passing yards prop in the low 270s maybe gets to 300 once again with a couple of scores his MVP price right now Joe is fifth best around the NFL it's at nine to one that number is going to be wildly different come Monday morning should be noted injury report wise T Higgins back at practice yesterday Jamar Chase was not for Cincinnati. All right, Joe, another AFC North team, the best division in football, the only one where all four teams are above 500 with three of the teams, two games above 500 at five and three. The Steelers, Bengals, and Browns, the Ravens pace the division in odds on favorite with a seven and two record. But that other AFC North team, Joe, Pittsburgh hosting Green Bay, a battle of the premier brands in the NFL, but with both teams, Joe, maybe not playing playing their best football. The only thing is Green Bay is two games below 500. Pittsburgh, two games above 500. A three-point spread in favor of the Steelers. The over-under, 38-and-a-half. Joe, it might be ugly on Sunday in the Steel City, but how do you break down the matchup? I like Green Bay on the road, believe it or not. I think they're able to run the football with Dylan and Aaron Jones on that front seven. That is one of the weaknesses as well in terms of Pittsburgh this year, along with the secondary. I think that'll allow Jordan Love to break open in terms of the play-action passing game. Plus 152 on the money line, I think, is live. And I know Green Bay, you know, hasn't looked great. But in this type of spot, 
I like the Packers on the road. I really love the over, too. Could be one of my best bets of the weekend. I know this game screams under, but I think this is a game where both offenses can eat. Uh, Green Bay is a little weak in, in terms of run support as well. So that could be, you know, the rushing attack and Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. Pickett working off a of play action. But I think Green Bay wins over the 38 and a half. I'm saying it now. Don't be shocked if this game gets into the high 40s, potentially 50s in terms of the point total. Joe, for the second time in this breakdown, I see it differently. I think the Steelers win, and they win going away, covering as more than a three-point favorite in this game. Joe, I think they win by at least a touchdown. I think Green Bay stinks. The Packers' offense is dreadful. They are going to have a very difficult time against this pass rush of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and I don't really know who Jordan Love is going to throw the football to against a really good secondary where Joey Porter Jr., the rookie cornerback who is now the starter out of Penn State, is playing some sensational football at this moment. Now to the late afternoon window, Joe. Kyler Murray set to return in the desert on Sunday, making his debut in 2023. Murray and his Cardinals, a slight home underdog, getting a point and a half plus 104 money line against the Atlanta Falcons, the over-under 43 and a half. Joe, what will having Kyler Murray back mean for this Cardinals club? Well, again, we talk about it. I think it's inconsistent in terms of the quarterback to wide receiver relationship. And I know Clayton Toon started, but he's at least played football. That's the problem. Look at Deshaun Watson when, it, when he came back. The ring rust and still hasn't thrown for over 300 in the game. Expecting Kyler Murray, who's elusive and mobile, to just all of a sudden hit the ground running, I just don't see it. So, again, can they score some points in this ballgame? Absolutely. But I don't think Kyler Murray has a huge day. So, again, I can only look in regards to Atlanta here, laying a short number on the road. I believe more in Heineke than I do Kyler Murray coming back. And I think it's an under, too. I think, don't be shocked if Atlanta goes back to the rushing attack without Jira and B. John Robinson, shortens the game and tries to get out there with a three or a four-point win. Next up, Joe, a really good one in SoFi on Sunday. The Chargers and the Lions. Detroit, the road favorite, laying three against L.A., the over-under 48-and-a-half. Joe, we've talked about this often. Each and every Sunday, it feels, is a litmus test for Dan Campbell's Detroit side. They are coming off the bye week. What do you think they do in the City of Angels? I think they dominate with the rushing attack. That is the weakness, in my opinion, of L.A. They're more, more blue-collar, more battle-tested. Give me Detroit laying the three on the road. Completely agree, Joe. I take it one step further. Jared Goff over 274 and a half. It's a bad thing if Lisi just said that the Chargers' weakness is their rushing defense when they are the worst passing defense in the NFL. Zach Wilson threw for a ton on them, and he could barely stay upright as the Chargers got after him and sacked him six, eight times. Excuse me. They are not going to do that against the Detroit offensive line that is one of the best in the NFL. I think Jared Goff has all day back there, Joe. I think he throws for over 270. Four and a half, and I think Detroit makes a statement against the Chargers team that I don't care if they've won two straight. It's against the Bears and the Jets, where they really banged up offensive line. Don't believe in the Bolts. The Lions make a statement. Three more games to go for this NFL Week 10 Sunday slate. Joe Lisi and I rapid fire through them up next here on the other side of the break on Football Full Circle. Before we send you into your football weekend, come back and join us one more time on Sports Grid Radio. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Um... You're listening to Football Full Circle with Joe Lisi and Ben Stevens. We're live right here on FFC. Joe, three more games to break down for the Week 10 Sunday slate around the NFL. It might be the biggest spread of the season, Joe, in Dallas on Sunday. A 17-and-a-half point number against the Cowboys. The over-under 39-and-a-half for the Cowboys against the Giants, I should say. Lisey, there is no doubt Dallas is expected to win this football game. But how close do you believe Dallas can get to covering this three-score spread? I think they cover. How about that? And I think they win by 20-plus. I don't think the Giants are going to be in this game in any capacity. 17, 17 and a half. Tommy DeVito is a deer in the headlights, and I just think this offense has no identity. They're up against it because if Dallas plays even a quarter the way they did against the Eagles from an offensive perspective, they're going to win this ballgame by 20 points, Ben. Joe, I like the Giants team total under 10 and a half. It's a number they have been under in three of their last five, three of the last four, excuse me, five of nine this year for New York. Of course, shut out by the Cowboys on that opening Sunday night of the year. The Seahawks, Joe, a five and a half point favorite against the Commanders in Seattle over under 45 and a half. What's the play? This one's tough uh, because yeah. I want to I, I want to just take Seattle and, and say they blow them out, but it, the line is suggesting Washington. I'll still lay it with Seattle. Don't love it, but I think we get over the 44 and a half in this ball game. I think Howell and Geno Smith yeah. can eat Ben. Sam Howell, 262 and a half, Joe. He's been really picking up the production from the offensive air yardage under Eric Bieniemy. Finally, Joe, Sunday night football, Raiders, Jets, New York, a favorite on the spread of one. The Raiders now a favorite on the money line, minus 112. Joe, who wins in Las Vegas Sunday night football? Raiders, Josh Jacobs goes through his total and under, Ben. I, I believe in Antonio Pierce, what he's building there so far. 
The autumn wind is a Raider, Joe. Las Vegas alt spread minus two and a half plus 112. Completely agree. The tide is turned in Las Vegas. The enthusiasm is high. And that banged up offensive line for the Jets is going to have a difficult time keeping Zach Wilson upright. He's Joe. I'm Ben. Thanks for tuning in to Football Full Circle and have a great weekend. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.